Once again, this is Joe Sheehan. As we wrap up 2018, we're going to bring you the best of Colony Confidential's podcast. Things that made us laugh, cry, scream, and wonder WTF. Some of Ed Sheehan's best ridiculous moments. And a lot of BBBs. So what are we doing here? Doing a podcast. Thanks, Frankie. <laughs> Ladies uh, and gentlemen uh, and Mr. and Mrs. America, this just in. Mice have 13 pairs of ribs, unlike humans that have 12. Are you going to trust the internet? Yeah. Yes, I am, actually. Well, let me... Okay, fine. I'll concede that point, but can they get through a whole... Yes, yeah, so you're still correct with that because okay. anything they're able to get their head in, they're able to get the rest of their right, body. So apparently, since I was active in pest control 20 years ago, maybe it's global warming or something, but mice have grown ribs. I'll stand on that statement. So so now they've grown ribs. That's what you're going to say? Because That's of global gonna... warming. Okay. Anyway, okay. that obviously is uh, <laughs> bullshit, <laughs> but I'm going with that, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I tell people this all the time, that I'm never going to get a terminal disease because, knock on wood, I have a list, much like my list from age 13 to 21. Everybody listening that knows me knows what the list was. But I have a list that goes back to kids in the fourth grade. That if I get a terminal disease, I'm going to find them, and I'm going to do some terminal disease shit to them. Like breathe on them. I'm going to be that guy that you on the news is like, Joey was such a good guy. I don't know why he killed 85 people. I killed 85 people because I had a terminal disease, and they wronged me once or twice in my life. Hopefully you'll change. This is why Jesus Christo. I had a lot of people I wanted to kill. Not anymore. No, just, you know, maybe cripple them. <laughs> well, listen, there's hope for me because I did take Bob Norton and Uncle Jimmy off the list when I was 19, 20 that's years right. old. So there's hope. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just, just for everybody out there now that's concerned if they wronged me ever and uh, they'll all be paying for my health care bills to make sure I'm healthy. I couldn't tell you. There's a, there's a guy, kid, whatever, loser, really, that told somebody he was selling. A friend of ours got wind of it. Went back to another person and said, ah, you know, they're interested. And he said, I'm not selling anymore. But if I was, I'd never fucking sell to the Sheehan's. And I was like. Who said that? Uh, I, well, you'll edit this out, yeah? God. Used to be partners with. Why wouldn't he sell to us? I don't know. He fuck like, him, he's scared. He's like, what the fuck did you do to this kid? But it's probably you. You probably did something. Yeah, they don't like it because you, you tell the truth. And you know what? You know what another thing they don't like? They lie to you when you buy their route, and then they sign that contract we got, and all of a sudden they're not getting their, their money, and you're a scumbag because you didn't give them the money. Oh, the fact that they lied? Oh, no, 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 that doesn't count. The fact that they signed a legal document? Oh, come on, now you're being a prick. Yeah, well, the fact that, that you lied to me, well, I didn't lie. Uh, this is what happened when I was doing it. Now they're just changing the game. Well, that's fine because in the contract it says if they change it and it's not what it was before, then you don't get the money. But oh, it's there, funny there is, because... There is one person I would kind of go out of my way to fuck over several times, and she knows who she is. I hope you're listening, you bitch. That has nothing to do with business, correct? No, has personal. It's not, right. it's not any right. wife or anything like that. It's somebody that we know. A real backstabbing, we all know. lying son of a bitch. We know. We know. All right. Once you get a good employee, you got to know what they need. Not every employee needs money. 
Money doesn't motivate everybody. My top performing people, money motivates them. Another thing, another thing that I think isn't done enough, even in my own case, you got to show them some love. Tell them when they do, you're doing a great job, man. I, I really appreciate that. And you know what? Who the fuck are you saying this? You all right? You sick? I did that. <laughs> and and it, would, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, beneath me or above me to say, here, here's 20 bucks, here's 50 bucks. I appreciate what you're doing. You know, showing them some love. Yes, and all of those monies were paid on the books and proper taxes were paid, I'm sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> Of course. So like you said, like some people don't give a shit about praise and just want money. Some people need both. Some people want time off instead of money. Everybody wants love. They want to be appreciated. <laughs> so it's funny because you lose sight of it. And, and as much as a hard ass as I was, I was also a swell guy if you're a good worker. You never had a better boy. But listen, and, and it is as an owner, even as a manager, you can't lose sight of your what your employees' needs are and never make the mistake that I certainly made and thinking that all employees are the same and they all want the same things I want. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a point. Grandma was in the office one day and... I was telling somebody they did a good job. And then somebody else came in. I started screaming at them. And she came into the office when they were gone. She goes, I don't think that's right. I mean, why would you be nice to one guy? And the other guy, Jesus, God, the man was almost crying. What the hell's wrong with you? I said, Ma, I'm like a band leader, okay? I got to treat the piano player one way, the way he works. I got to treat the banjo player another way. I got to treat the drummer another way. They're not all the same. I don't understand and I told Grandma, you take care of the cooking and going to church. I'll take care of running the business. Yeah, so human resources, f***ing pain in the ass, necessary evil, whatever you want to call it. HR is a reflection on society. Everybody knows their rights, f***ing but they don't Socrates know their responsibilities. So I have a question for you. Yeah? How did you used to fire someone? Real nasty, usually. Let me, uh, okay. Give, give me a good example. You call them in and say, I gotta let you go. And they'd all come up with that these excuses. That doesn't sound too nasty. Wait. And they'd come up with these excuses. And the more bullshit they told me, the more lies they told me. I go, listen, you're fucking a sheet. I checked your route out. You don't do the fucking shit you're supposed to do. I got people telling me you, you're supposed to go there once a week at night. You run in during your day route and sign for two or three weeks. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here now. You're fired. Yeah, Other that, times, that, that's a lawsuit today, probably. Yeah, f oh, f the lawsuit. It wasn't a lawsuit then. Other times, I'm sure it was. People just didn't know their rights. That was a good thing. This is Jeff White from Bedbug Central, and you're listening to Colony Confidential. You know, I, I got another question. I remember it was like the late 90s, early in this century, where the termites, guys weren't getting that many calls for termites. Mm -hmm. And... um then all of a sudden the bed bugs came. So I, when I teach, I tell them, listen, I know that God loves exterminators because um, we couldn't afford fancy cars or bling anymore because the termites were not coming. And God said, okay, my people are suffering. Let there be bed bugs. Did you really just say bling? Yeah. He Holy blinged it up. So, so I want to know, is the, do you foresee another, what's the next big money-making insect on the horizon? If if you if you if you have any idea of that. So I remember I was doing this apartment it was for twelve dollars.
And uh, I put the B&G sprayer down, and I didn't shut it off, and the trigger hit the floor, and it hit this parakeet in the face. And the woman asked me, is that going to hurt the bird? I don't know. So she goes to get the money, and I'm watching this parakeet, and he's blinking and blinking. How much does a parakeet weigh? But when he hit the bottom of the cage, it was like a 50 tons of iron hit. Boom. I said, oh, man, the parakeet's dead. I'm really sorry. She goes, you know, he cost me $7. I said, well, I'll tell you what. It'll be okay if you just give me $5 and you call it even. Okay. So I took a napkin, and I wrote down on it that, you know, uh, Checkmate had killed his bird and uh, had been compensated and there's no further issue. To, and she signed it. And it taught me a good lesson. Something goes wrong, get on it right away. So I had a guy that I hired and turned out to be a good employee, but emotionally unstable. Something went wrong in his life, he disappeared. Fired him. Got a job with another pest control company. Whatever happened there, came back. Okay, we'll hire you. Broke up with his girlfriend. Oh, had to leave again. Fired him again. Went to work for a distributor and uh, embezzled some money. And uh, was they were going to send him to jail. I mean, he came back to me. <clears throat> and uh, they're going to send him to jail. I didn't think, you know, he pays back the money. What the hell? If you send him to jail, you don't get your money back. So just to show you so, how old school it was back in the days, how things were done before HR and all this howdy doody. So bullshit. I called a distributor who we were doing six figures worth of business with, and I told him, "Look, I don't think it's right that he goes to jail. Well, they want to send him to jail. The guys, the company was owned by some people down in I don't know down south. So I said, "Well, tell him that I'm not going to do business with you anymore. My my idea is he pays you back the money." We'll give you so much every month or every week, and no jail time. They got back to me. They said, okay, no jail time. I hired the guy back. I told him, look, if you have another breakdown, take a week off and get over it. I'll pay you for it. But when you come back, you got to work overtime. I don't have to tell you. I could tell you five minutes I need you to go somewhere tonight, and you're going to do it. Also illegal currently in, this, in the city of and New he, York. And he, and he lived up to his end of the bargain. And he was, you know, you put him in a place where there's a problem, problem solved. You put him on a route and you don't hear from the customer. So he was good. He just had emotional issues. Or I think, I think he was an extremely bright guy, but he had these emotional issues that could send him off the deep, deep end. The other person I, I wanted to talk about was this woman, Gladys Williams, who always had a smile. You always felt like, sort of like you were home. She always welcomed me into a house. She lived on uh, Jefferson and Hancock Street. I remember one day she told me that the church was having a big uh, uh, chicken fry. And if I wanted to go, I said, and I was with my friend Thomas Walter Joseph McLean, also known as Bozo. I'll talk about him some other time. Anyway, we were. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. The, it was on a Saturday. It was hot. So we said, listen, let us finish the route. We'll go up there. So it was $5 for all the chicken you could eat. So we're eating and we're eating, and he's telling me, he goes, I think those people are getting pissed off at us. I said, what? He goes, they're all staring at us. So I said, Gladys, are we doing something wrong? She goes, well, not really, but we just never seen two white boys could eat so much chicken. I said, well, here, here's another 10 bucks. It's okay. We wound up getting properties from the minister, from that chicken. I mean, you just do shit, and as long as you, you're, you're fair and you're, you, people like you and... 
you're, you're not a pain in the ass and you, you show respect. And things move along, uh, I won't say rapidly, because it took me, it took me about f four years before I could just go on my own. And then it took me another five years before I could buy a house. And it took me another five years after that where I was getting a really good salary. And it took me another 10 years where I was making a really good salary. So, but all, it was all the same. You play racquetball, golf with these people. You drink with them. Um, you go to their parties. You're invited. Love parties. Love to go to parties because you meet other people. This is the guy that solved all my problems with the roaches. This is the guy that got rid of the mice. So, you know, you realize you be, I'm, I'm drinking in a bar with a bunch of doctors. Well, that that's Two or three of them come over and ask me, well, what can I do for my roaches? What am I writing these guys prescriptions or something? You know? If you're going to buy a car and somebody tells you this guy gave me a good deal, are you going to go to that guy? I would just like to say never. Uh, we're, we're not car salesmen. They're uh, like the bottom of the barrel. Just take a look. Okay. So if, you, if you're looking for a good doctor and somebody says this doctor's good. I like that better. I want to tell you a story about this son of a bitch doctor. <laughs> I went into this. Uh, do do you? In, yeah. I went into this elevator in, a, in a, one of the hospitals. Young guy. And he asked me, how many people did you kill today? This is when everybody was ragging on exterminators with poison in the world. So I looked at him. I said, not as many as you. What do you mean by that? I go, you pay about five times more for insurance than I do. Do the math. And this prick shut up and got off the floor. We, 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 and I met a lot of nice doctors, too. <laughs> we, I remember when I was running around starting a business, like, didn't dress very well. I didn't shave all the time. And I met this gentleman named Bob Poirier, and he told me, he goes, you know, I talk to you. You're, you're an intelligent guy. Why don't you clean up your act? Things would go a lot better. So I did. And I learned, you know, when I was in school, I, I, didn't, I didn't like school too much. But when I got into pest control, I couldn't go to enough classes. I mean, I'm, I remember dragging your mother out to Farmingdale University to study under Frischman and any place just got to get got to learn. But as you do that, you become better at your chosen profession and you can talk to these people in an intelligent way and tell them just what your side of the story is and they respect that. This is probably going to be the best green story you'll ever hear. Uh, Ed, could you tell him about I'll our friend? I'll mention this man's name, but he's a real nice guy. And he was over our office one day. It was on a Friday night. And I think we had picked up a nice account. So it was party time for the troops. We like to share somewhat of our good fortune because, listen, without taking care of the horses that pull the wagon, you're not going anywhere. But anyway, my men were down in the, I'm going to call it the lounge cellar, and uh, they were taking target practice with pellet guns and having a good time. This guy was sort of, if you met him, he's very straight-laced. You'd think, like, eh, maybe he's a little bit of a nerd. And he goes down there, and oh, he's, he's definitely a nerd, but he but he's a different kind of nerd. He's a nerd from the south. Yeah. Oh no, he's from Kansas, mid country, mid country. Anyway, um, he goes down there, and so they let him go ahead take a shot. And this guy's hitting in the bullseye all the time. And, oh Lord, have another drink, yeah. So we're drinking. And I says, "Oh man, you made friends." He goes, "Yeah." I go, "What's the matter?" Oh, we're trying to have a kid, and no luck. I said, "No luck." I said, come here. I took him in. I told him, sniff this Bagon, and we had the same spirits. Bagon. How many of you out there listening <laughs> even know what Bagon is? Sniff this Bagon, and we had the same set of socks. 
for three days. So the wind up of the story is 10, 11 months later, he has a son, and his son is named after me. See? So there's some good stuff, so, too. So it's true. Better living through pesticides, right? <laughs> Yeah. Don't anybody go out there sniffing pesticides to try and get pregnant. There's plenty of, you know, remember what year and time that was in the 80s. We don't promote sniffing anything to get pregnant unless your doctor tells you to do it. This is just a fun story from Stick with, stick with the green pills. Stick with the green pills. What's the green pills? I mean, the blue pills. <laughs> <laughs> They're blue, right? Uh, I don't. What are you asking me for? I'm 40. Oh. Jesus. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.